Testing one, two, three, one, two, three, testing. I'm Ben McAdams. I was the mayor of Salt Lake County for six years. I was just elected to represent one of the most conservative districts in the country as a Democrat. So as a Democrat in a red state, I'm hoping to show what I learned as mayor and how those experiences mayor apply in a very divided and dysfunctional Congress, and maybe we can fix it. This is Washington. Last fall, Ben McAdams was elected to represent Utah's 4th Congressional District. This podcast will explore his transition from successful Salt Lake County mayor to the deeply partisan environment that has come to define our federal government. McAdams' first days as a U.S. congressman were difficult, as he was sworn into office during the longest government shutdown in American history. You know, it's hard to make too many conclusions based on just a few weeks of experience. But, you know, there hasn't been a lot of interaction between Republicans and Democrats. I think that's disappointing. One of the things that's worked for me as a Democrat in a very conservative state like Utah is we interact. I get to know people. They become friends of mine, even though we have ideological differences. We, we know each other. We respect each other. We go to dinner together, lunch together, and our you know, spouses become friends. And I just haven't seen that interaction as much in Washington. I'm trying to reach out and and build those friendships. There are others, other people from the other side who are reaching out. So it doesn't happen naturally. You, ha- you really have to exert yourself to make those friendships across the aisles. While relationships across party affiliations have been difficult, he's begun to forge relationships inside his own party. And that led to hosting in Salt Lake City one of his new colleagues, Representative Anthony Delgado and his wife, Lacey Schwartz Delgado. Anthony Delgado was elected to represent New York's 19th Congressional District. And Congressman McAdams talks with Lacey and his own wife, Julie, about the adjustment from campaign to congressman and how they are balancing their new lives. I'm here, uh, so we want to talk a little bit about what it's like being the family of a member of Congress. And uh, so I'm here with my wife, Julie McAdams, and Lacey Schwartz Delgado. Both families went through this over the last couple of years and were elected in November. And so we're just a month into this. And so I'd love to hear from both of you uh, some of your thoughts on it. So why don't you, why don't we start with Lacey and just tell me, is it, is it, is it everything you've expected? What are some of the surprises? You know, if I'm being totally honest, I've been married now seven years, seven plus years, and very much viewed myself as a married person, but not as having a public identity as a spouse. You know, really my public identity was more about my own career. I'm actually in Utah right now for the Sundance Film Festival, and I am a writer, director, producer, filmmaker, and so it's really interesting to kind of combine the public identity of being someone's spouse with my own identity of my own career. I realize, though, that it's not a negative thing. It's something that I can just embrace and work on, and and honestly, knowing other families who are doing this really, really helps. You know, other people are going through it. That was one of the things that I found to be actually really lonely about the campaign, is not having other people who are going through it at the same time as me that I could talk to. And so now that we're actually on the official side, there's kind of much more, especially with such a large incoming class, there's much more of a community of families, congressional families, that we can be a part of. I mean, even, you know, when we were at a retreat with our kids playing together, it was really meaningful. So talk a little bit about the routine. So, you know, I know I fly out Monday morning. Um, you know, we kind of had our, our balance. I tried to take the kids to school every morning, and that's all upset. The, the balance that we had is all upset now in our family. Um, I fly out to D.C. on Monday morning. 
uh, get home Thursday night, you know, and then even when I'm in town, I'm busy, you're busy, our kids are busy, kids have baseball and soccer games, so uh, maybe talk a little bit about the routine and what uh, changes you've had to make to the routine to, to keep everything in balance. Well, I, I do miss you not taking the kids to school. <laughs> Mornings are really hectic, and I have to say, I think that uh, the kids have been late for school more than they've been on time. Um, sorry, teachers. <laughs> but uh, after that, I, I think in some ways, coming off a campaign, everything feels a little bit simpler and more in balance. So. I feel like we're doing okay, but we're only in week three. And we've now had um, a couple of weeks um, separated by time, but with the new members and their families, all of that bipartisan. Um, and the spouses put together a group text where we have been able, since you know the election, been able to keep each other informed of something we hear, because communication in some ways is really great and in some ways is really lacking and I found that text to be entertaining and also uh, bonding the, in a way that we didn't have during the campaign. Totally and it really does feel like we're all in it together in a very bipartisan way because the family challenges are certainly bipartisan challenges and, and it's really nice to be in that and have people that you can reach out to or call or text and, un and then other people can understand what you're going through. I've noticed that too with families and you know it's um you go through running for congress you go through something that and it's kind of sometimes lonely because you feel like nobody understands what it's like to be the stresses and the criticisms and everything that goes to, uh, through a race and running and then serving uh, then you meet people who absolutely understand and so it's you know you form a bond and it's a great time to ask you know how how do you deal with this or whether it's you know raising kids and with the crazy schedule that you know probably isn't unique to congress but um it's it's a bond and support that um i would say is even bipartisan right that there's relationships with members uh, and families on the other side learning the ways of washington would be difficult in any setting but with a partial government shutdown mcadams dealt with some unique and sometimes heartbreaking issues in his first month on the job. Last weekend when I was in town, I met with some government employees, some IRS employees, um, TSA workers. A lot of them said similar things. I met with a TSA agent who was at a food bank. Uh, I'd gone to visit the food bank. He just happened to be there and was picking. He was with his wife picking out canned goods. You know, and he said, look, I can, I'm glad that the food bank's here. It's kind of embarrassing, but I can live off of canned goods for a little while. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent, you know, and, and what am I going to do about that? What if I get evic evicted from my home? How long is this shutdown going to go? That's pretty, pretty ridiculous that our federal government, as an employer, we're putting our employees, critical employees, in that situation. You know, when I was flying home from Washington a few days later, this would have just been a couple of days ago, I thanked a TSA agent. For, I said, thank you for working without getting paid. She didn't know I was a member of Congress. And she said, you know, it's pretty ridiculous. And I said, you know, I agree. And she said, this isn't even my fight. I have nothing to do with immigration or a wall. Like, those guys just need to have their fight, but don't drag me into it. And, you know, I can empathize with that, too. Uh, she didn't even say what her opinion was on a wall or a no wall. She just said, I just want my paycheck. And, you know, what? the other thing she said was, as soon as this shutdown's over, I'm looking for a new job. On January 25th, President Trump signed an agreement that reopened the federal government for three weeks. Now McAdams and his colleagues face the difficult task of finding a solution that will appease all involved, which includes some extremes in both parties, as well as the president's hard line on a wall being part of any deal. 
I think we should never be negotiating policy with a gun to the head of anybody. So a shutdown is never good. There's never a good reason to shut down the government of the greatest country on earth. Let's keep it open. That's, you know, somebody, I heard a Republican actually call it the chemical warfare of policymaking. There's just things you just don't do. And shutting down the government to get your way, whether it's Republicans or Democrats who are doing it, I think that's a tool that should just be off the table. The winner-take-all political environment makes it difficult to find common ground. But McAdams hopes this is where his mayoral experience will help. Along with a coalition of other Democrats, he hopes to convince his Republican colleagues and the president that immigration reform is the best border security. When I was mayor, when you find these, you know, deadlocked issues like a wall or no wall, I'd always say let's take a step back from the problem and look at it not as wall, no wall, but what are we trying to accomplish here? And if you reframe it as we want to stop the flow of illegal drugs across the border or illegal immigration. We want to stop that. Okay. I I think there's actually unanimous agreement about that. Um, What's the best way to do that? Well, if, you know, here's, we identify where the problem's the worst and we say, okay, in this place we need, you know, technology or drug sniffing dogs. We're going to do that. If there's a place where, you know, five mile stretch where drugs are being smuggled in this area and a fence might make a difference, let's do that. But let's take it away from, you know, the entrenched positions of wall, no wall. Let's talk about border security. The real issue that any public official faces right now is that it isn't just opposing ideas that stall the effort to solve problems. It's social media and sometimes the national press. I mean, I've done a handful of interviews. I did one this morning where I was trying to talk about the complexity of it. Like, who doesn't agree with border security? As a mayor, I see the harm that's done by illegal drugs and drug trafficking in my community. I absolutely support anything we can do to crack down on the flow of illegal drugs into the country. I also support immigration reform. I see, you know, I think our economy needs workers. There are good people here. Let's fix a broken immigration system. This morning, I was on a television show and really laid out this position that is my genuine an authentic view, but the cryon, the text underneath my photo said, McAdams discusses his support for a wall. And, you know, so then the social media backlash is, you're supporting a wall, you know, how awful of you, or at the same time, how great of you. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm not all in for a wall, and I'm not all out for a barrier. And I think that's a pretty reasonable position, but people see that just that one sentence, they're not, they don't take the time to dig into what the debate is about. It's just, am I supportive of the hashtag or opposed to the hashtag? And they make a snap judgment on that. Despite some harsh realities, McAdam's optimism persists. That's because he said he believes in the process of governing. There's going to be areas where I agree with Democrats, and there can be areas where I maybe agree more with Republicans. It feels like in my interpersonal reactions with members of Congress, they get that and they're respectful of that. Um, the media, and especially social media, really boils it down to: Are you? If you're not a hundred percent with me, then you are hundred percent against me, and uh, we're going to burn you to the ground. That's what I hope maybe to accomplish with this podcast, too, is to help people see the nuances of that, that policymaking, you can't do it in a hashtag uh, or a caricature or even a tweet. You know, it's complex and we've got to think through this and we've got to balance, you know, a lot of different factors. I want to thank you for listening. And what I really want is to hear from you. So please email us at tips at loudmouthproject.com. I'm Tom Luma, and this has been Washington a Loudmouth Project production. We'd like to thank the village that made this podcast possible. Andrea Smartin, Letitia Comstock, Amy Donaldson, Allison Hayron, and of course, Congressman Ben McAdams. A special thanks to Julie McAdams and Lacey Schwartz-Delgado.